I'm going to pray, and we're going we're gonna to get started, okay? Lord, uh, help us to hear your word today. Give us ears to hear what it is you want for each of us this morning. Lord, we quiet our hearts, lead my thoughts the way you want them, things to be spoken today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Jesus, he was amazing. He is amazing. And when he walked this earth, he was countercultural, right? He was countercultural to the, to the time and society that he walked in. He took on the self-righteous, you know, uh, religious leaders of the day. He was radical in every way, but he was also equally radical in his gentleness, his mercy, um, his approachability was radical. The people that Jesus was willing to hang out with in his time, nobody was willing to hang out with or to, to let alone have him be approachable. And he was, you know, called out by the so-called religious leaders for who he was willing to talk to and relate to. I think a lot of people have a misconception about Jesus. I think, first of all, a lot of people think Jesus is British. Because of movies and TV shows, he's always got a British accent, wearing a bathrobe and a beauty pageant sash or something. But he, uh, I think people get this idea that maybe, you know, he's like a Mr. Rogers kind of character. But no one would crucify Mr. Rogers, right? He's, he's too nice. Jesus was, in who he was, was an outlaw in the best sense of that word. He went against the grain. He was radical. To the Romans, he called him, you know, they called him a king, and so they wanted to get rid of him for that. And then, you know, the, the religious leaders, because of who he said he was. I say that to set up our text for the day. I want you to think about the radicalness of Jesus. We're in a series called Deadly, where we're working our way through the seven deadly sins. And we, the first week we talked about sin, last week pride, and today we're going to talk about anger. Uh, who doesn't struggle with anger? Give you a chance. Yeah, right. All of us do. Every single one of us. Somehow it, it, it affects our lives. Do you know that in America there are over 25,000 murders a year in America? And there are a thousand of those murders happen at the workplace some sort of work uh, co conflict or whatever. And it's, it's scary because murder starts in the heart. It starts with a heart of anger. I was reading about a police officer who said that most of the calls that, that they ever go on that are, have some sort of homicide always have 90% of the time is a domestic issue, anger in the home. Here's the deal with anger. And, and how what, what Jesus equates it to, we, we realize that murder starts in a, in a heart of anger. And we loosely sometimes use those terms, right? I want to kill you. I want to kill that guy. What are we really saying when we say that? Do we believe that God condemns murder? Nod your head if you agree. Why do you believe that? In the Bible? Right. What about anger? Let's talk about that. Here's what Jesus has to say about anger in Matthew 5, 21 through 22. 
He said, you've heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Six times in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus uses this phrase where he says, but I say to you, you've heard it said in the old, the old, the law of Moses, you've heard it said in the Old Testament, but I say to you, and he flips the table on what we read in the Old Testament. This is why Jesus is radical. He's saying he's greater than the Old Testament. He's saying that he's, he's raising the bar Every time he uses this kind of language, he wanted people to go beyond the standard that was even set in the Old Testament. He wanted us to have new hearts. And he always said things to get to the heart of the issue, to the heart of an anger, the heart of lust, the heart of pride. All the things that he taught about were to get to our hearts because actions come from the heart. So I believe as I prayed through this, there was two things that God wanted for us this this morning. First of all, he wants to help you and I not let anger ruin our lives. Number two, he wants us to take anger serious. I see that in what Jesus is saying here. So there's two types of anger that we'll talk about briefly. First of all, there's righteous anger. Righteous anger. You can write that down. Righteous anger is being angry at the same things Jesus would get angry over. Which honestly, probably none of us really do a whole lot, right? Maybe a little bit. Do we get, find ourselves angry over the same things that Jesus got angry over? In John chapter 2, we see Jesus going into the temple, and he uh, saw that the, they had turned the temple of God into a place for a marketplace in you know, swindling money and all this stuff. And he, remember, he threw over the tables and said that his righteous anger came over Jesus. He was mad that they had turned God's house from a house of prayer into a, you know, a house of thieves. Jesus was sinless. He was sinless. So if he got angry, it was always righteous. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and do not sin. So there is a sinless anger, so to speak, but then there's sinful anger, and I'll call that destructive anger. Destructive anger is being angry for self-centered reasons. When we get angry over self-centered reasons, selfish reasons, that is sinful anger or destructive anger. So we've got to ask the question right away, why, why did Jesus set this bar so high when it came, came to, to anger? Why is anger deadly? I guess is the question. Why is it one of the deadly sins? Well, first of all, anger damages other people, right? How many people have been the the victim of somebody's anger, verbal abuse, sometimes physical abuse? People have been the victim of that. We say things and do things in anger that we regret, right? We are at our worst when we're angry. I'm at my worst when I'm angry. All of us are. Second reason that that anger is so deadly is it doesn't only hurt others, it destroys you, destroys me. 
people usually do want, you know, handle their anger in one of two ways. You either explode or you implode. You explode, your quick trigger, boom, you, you ah, slam a, something, hit a wall, yell, scream. I've seen you drive. I've been behind you. But other people implode. And that's the people that, and I couldn't, I can't, in my home growing up, we, we all, we got angry and we were, we were allowed to like show our anger. And like my, my parents didn't become Christians until I was in college, but we were allowed to, to show anger. And so, you know, you bring that into to life and relationships and all that. And you think that's normal, you know, but some people implode, you stuff, you stuff, you stuff, you stuff, and then there's no more room to stuff, and ba-boom, right? I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but anger brings a physical toll. It's bad for your health. It's bad for your emotions, and it has a relational toll as well. Anger breeds anger. Uh, do you remember the movie uh, Gremlins back in the 80s? And the little guy got wet, and as soon as he got wet, they just multiplied these, these little crazy creatures, these little gremlins. Well, anger is the same way. If you don't learn how to deal with your anger, it's just going to breed more anger. So what should we do when we're angry? What should I do when I'm angry? Anger is inevitable, right? It's not, you never get to say, like, uh, will I get angry, but what will I do with my anger? What will I do when I'm angry. First thing is you got to recognize it. You got to recognize when you're angry. Um, Jesus basically said in that text that there are three types, three stages of anger. It's the first, the feeling of anger when you're angry at someone. Somebody has, has frustrated you, made you mad. So you get that feeling. The second stage of anger, Jesus said, was when we get into name calling. You know, the NLT uses the word idiot. That is a translation of the Aramaic word, which some of your translations probably have, of the word raka. And it means you idiot, you jerk, you bonehead. So the second stage of being angry with somebody is calling, name, calling them names. And the third, Jesus said, is pronouncing judgment. You fool. You good for nothing. When we get to that place where we're... Our anger is just ruling our lives and our emotions when we're so angry at somebody. Proverbs 14:29. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Hot temper. Someone who goes off the handle real quick. What are the people with understanding? What do these wise people understand? Well, first of all, anger is a secondary emotion. It's caused by other, another primary emotion. It's a fruit, not a root. The, there's a root underneath there that's producing the fruit of anger in our lives when, when we feel that way. It's a symptom. Uh, years ago, I was about probably 10 or 11 years ago, we were, uh, a few of us were playing old man baseball down in Phoenix. And uh, we were playing on all the really nice spring training fields, and it was, it, was a, it was a blast. And the last day that we were there, I had gone on this trip and had a little bit of a head cold, kind of like I've had all winter. And uh, I had this, I got, you know, it was hot down there, and, but I went down with a cold, and it just made something worse inside of my ear that I didn't know 
that, that I had. I had some sort of inner ear infection from it, but I couldn't feel anything. So we're playing. I'm warming up to play the game. And all of a sudden, I started getting just a little bit dizzy. I was like, ah, something's not right here. And uh, then all of a sudden, the world just started spinning out of control. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was like being on the teacups on steroids, right? Tilted whirl. And, just, and I just got off. And it just was doing that. And it wouldn't stop. And I began to vomit uh, uncontrollably for about three hours. And so my brothers um, took me to the hospital to see if I was dying or <laughs> what was wrong with me. And I'm in the emergency room, and they give me, you know, an IV of fluids to fill me back up. And uh, I said, well, what, what's wrong with me after, after the guy diagnosed everything? He goes, well, you have vertigo. I'm like, what's that? And he goes, it's a symptom that something's wrong somewhere else in your body or in your head. I was like, what do you, can you do about it? And he said, nothing. You just have to deal with it. I was like, no. So I came home, went to the doctor, and he said, yep, classic case of inner ear problem with vertigo. And so vertigo's a symptom. Anger is a symptom that something's not right on the inside of us. And, we, and that, with the kind of anger that Jesus is talking about this morning, it's a symptom. So remember that anger is a secondary emotion. There's an underlying deal there. And secondly, ask yourself, why am I angry? Why am I angry? Ask yourself that when you, when you recognize that you're angry. Do you, do you have unmet expectations from somebody? Because how many times is unspoken, unmet expectations the problem in a conflict? It's the problem in the workplace. It's the problem of parents to their kids, maybe kids to their parents. It's the problem in marriage all the time, right? You have unspoken, unmet expectations, Maybe it's unmet needs. You know, you have some sort of emotional needs or whatever that aren't getting met. You're feeling frustrated. Am I the only person that gets mad at inanimate objects? Can't fix something? You know, I mean, it's slam, like hit your head on a, on a, on a door or something. Ah, dang thing. But, you know, you get mad. So easy. Barking dogs. Maybe that's another one, too. But... A question to ask yourself when you're angry is, is my ego wounded? Do I have a wounded ego? Do I feel rejected? Do I feel invalidated by the person that I'm getting frustrated with? You've got to know your triggers. Are you hungry? You get hangry, right? You, you, the, yeah, when you're hungry, it's easy to be angry. Are you tired? Get to the root right away. Secondly, when you're angry, resist overreacting. Resist overreacting. Some of us are good at, at, at reacting instead of responding, right? It's easy to overreact to a situation, especially if you get your feelings hurt or your ego is wounded somehow. But we've got to learn how to respond rather than react. Responding to a situation is different than reacting to it. When you respond, you take, you take a step back. You take a breath. Okay, I don't want to blow up here don't want to go off on this person. I don't want to get mad and show my anger. So you learn how to respond through truth, humility, and love. It's hard to speak the truth and love to somebody when you're yelling at them, even if you're right. But if you're angry and you're yelling, who's going to hear anything, right? So we got to learn how to respond rather than react. 
And by the way, I'm really qualified to teach this message today, too. Let me tell you. Got this one figured out. I do not. I do not. And I'm right here in the trenches with you learning how to not express anger the wrong way. Remember that angry, being angry and what we do with it is a choice. Don't make the statement, you make me so mad. Because what you're saying when you say, you make me so mad is, I give you control over my life. I give you control over how I feel. No, we don't, that's not, uh, it's not somebody, you're choosing to let somebody make you angry and stay in a situation like that. We got to remember that. Thirdly, I would say this. Refuse to retaliate. When you're angry and somebody has caused anger on the inside of you, refuse to retaliate to that person. When somebody pushes your buttons, somebody knows how to push your buttons, don't retaliate. I thought about a a kid when I went to elementary school, um, went all all grades through elementary, and he was born with a birthmark on his face. And that birthmark caused him to be pretty insecure, and it caused kids to be pretty cruel to him i remember that and he had anger man he would get mad and would kids would pick on him and i remember this one time in particular he had like fallen off the swing set or something and somebody like laughed at him and his first response was to pick up a handful of that pea gravel that's in a playground and whipped it right at the kids bam and I just saw this look in his eyes. I, just, um, I, I mean, this was a long time ago. And I remember how angry he was in his retaliation. Listen, you and I probably, I, I hope, we don't throw rocks when we retaliate. But we sure do throw words. We throw words. Here's what it says in, in Proverbs 15.1. It says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make temper flare, tempers flare. When you retaliate, you make it worse. It's just throwing gas on the fire, right? And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Retaliation never produces good. You watch the NFL. You watch football. Who is the one that gets penalized in a fight? It's the guy that threw the second punch because they didn't maybe see the first guy throw it, but the guy that threw it, then they're throwing the yellow flag out because he retaliated. It's the same way with us. And remember, Jesus was sinless. And, when, and, and Peter, the apostle, in his first letter, chapter 3, says that when Jesus was on the cross and they hurled their insults at him, he didn't retaliate. Instead, he entrusted himself to the Father. That's amazing. I'm a retaliator. I don't know about you, but it's easy to, retali- to retaliate. And then I would say this. Learn to rely on God when you're angry. Learn to rely on him. Often, my anger and your anger is an attempt to preserve personal worth. Somebody has invalidated you, reject you, or whatever, and you feel that sense of personal worth stolen from you. You've got to know how to rely on God. How would recognizing God as my source, recognizing God as my identity, affect how I respond when somebody hurts my feelings or or wounds my ego or or whatever. 
Psalm 4, verses 3 and 4, David says this. You can be sure of this. The Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call to him. Do not sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Hard to do. Depending on what type of person, conflict resolution you know how to do or the tools that you have, can you do what he's saying there? They did a study in, uh, DU did a study years ago on, uh, they could predict couples that were going to get divorced not to a 93% accuracy of how they handled conflict. If one person in the conflict is a pursuer, you know, they're, we are going to solve this now and I'm mad and I want to talk about it. Da, 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 da. Somebody else is a withdrawer going, nope, not in the mood, not going to do it. Those two, two types of people are going to have very, very large issues. You've got to learn how to handle conflict in a way that is helpful, not hurt, hurtful. And if you're in a friendship or a marriage situation um, and your conflict and, and anger is getting the best of you, would you please get some help before it's too late? Please, you know, there are people that can mentor you and help you in this church to get through that so don't wait until it's too late on that but learning to rely on god you learn to rely on god by spending time with god you learn to rely on god by spending time with him you get to know him um right now i i've I've had this desire for years to learn how to speak spanish and our dear sister Vesna is teaching me. I'm her little pupil. We're trying to do it once a week. And I sit in class and she writes and, and I listen and I'm trying to, to practice. And it's, it's been good. Some of you have even noticed that my Espanol is muy bueno. Oh, come on, you know. You've seen me in mission trips. The reason I want to learn Spanish for two reasons. First of all, there's a lot of people around us that only speak Spanish. I want to I be able to, to love people and serve people and make people feel welcome. Not, you know, when you're in a country and you can't speak their language, that's an awkward feeling. Like, are they talking about me? What did you say? Well, you know, you don't never know. But I also, for mission trips and, and being able to go and have conversation and share Jesus in somebody's language. So that's my, my ultimate goals are to, to love God and to love people through learning Spanish. To learn Spanish, you have to speak, you have to hang out with people who speak Spanish. You, you immerse yourself in it as best as possible. The Bible says that God is slow to anger. If you want to be slow to anger, you got to spend time with the one who's slow to anger. You got to spend time with him so that you learn how to become slow to anger. If that's Today, you're saying, you know, you're talking right to me. Have you been following me around? No, I know myself. And I know where my own weaknesses are. Two things that I, scriptures that I think are super important about learning to spend time with God. We actually have a couple really cool tools that are coming soon to help you learn how to spend time with God. Through the Bible, through prayer, through worship, etc. So stay tuned for that. But... Psalm 46.10, you know this verse, be still and know that I'm God. You have to be still to know that he's God. 
You have to get quiet, get alone. We live in a fast-paced world. If we don't take time to slow down, and I'm, I'm an extreme you know, extrovert and, and all of that, but you've got to learn how to, how to be alone sometimes and be alone with God. So you've got to be still and be filled. Be still and be filled to deal with anger properly and learn to rely on God. It says in Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, Be filled with the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. To be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Spirit rather than my flesh. Your flesh and your, your fallen humanity wants to be angry at everybody. Want, and wants to say, hey, you know what? Blow off the handle. Go for it. You, you, you're, you're mad. Let everyone know. The Spirit of God on the inside of us is saying, don't do that. Stop talking to your wife that way. Stop talking to your husband that way. Stop talking to your neighbor like that or your coworker. Learning to just listen and let him have his way. How do we be filled with the Spirit? He tells us. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Make music in your heart. Some of you can't sing a lick. It doesn't matter. You just make music in your heart. Sing to God. God gave us that as a gift. Be thankful. Read and pray and, and learn to, to fellowship with other believers. Have someone that you can share your struggles with. We're going to go into one last song before we officially dismiss. And today, I think it's so important that you realize, yeah, I need to learn to rely on God, but I also need to ask for help. There needs to be a humility in our lives to say, I struggle, and I'm struggling with this in, in my relationships. My anger is affecting my relationships. So what we're going to do is we're going to stand. Stand with me, please. And back in this back corner, we're going to have some folks back there to pray. And today you're saying, you know what, I need help. You know, the Bible says confess your faults and sins one to another that you might be healed. And there's something just in a step of going back there and saying, you know, I need to pray. I need prayer about this. That's a step of confessing and then learning to rely on God. But don't be proud. We're all proud. We don't want to admit that we're broken, but we are. But God is healing us. And this is all part of his process of conforming us to the likeness of Jesus. And if today you've never put your faith, hope, and trust in him, today's the day. You simply say, Jesus, I want you to lead my life. I believe you died on the cross to atone for my sin. You rose again in victory. I want to follow you. I want you to lead my life, my relationships. Until you do that, you're just going to struggle anyway. Because even after you become a follower of Jesus, we still struggle. That's why he gave us one another and the Holy Spirit to help us. So let's sing this together. If you want to go and have somebody pray for you, you can make your way back during uh, this song. And then we'll dismiss after this song.